1: Welcome to Talk Tennis. Today, we are going to take a deep dive into the Prince Phantom line of rackets that just launched at the beginning of January. But first things first, we're going to do you guys a favor and answer some of your questions. So if you have any questions, feel free to email us at podcast tennis warehousecom The very first question, we've gotten asked this so many times, and I've got a couple of guests with me today, is Troy switching to a one-handed backhand? <laughs> <laughs> Both Troy and Chris are joining me today on this podcast, so I think Troy might be the best person to answer that.
2: I think it just depends on the day and how I feel, but uh, a lot of times when I'm uh, playtesting or hitting with one-handed backhand players like Chris or Eric and such, I kind of just like to get a little, uh, I don't know, artistic (laughs) or I just feel a little free and... It's a pretty natural shot for me. There was a time when I hurt my my right wrist so I couldn't really hit a two handed backhand back when I was playing junior college. Mm -hmm. And so I was hitting one handers for like a good few months and got comfortable with it. So
0: I kinda go back and forth, but the It's been coming
1: out a lot lately. (laughs)
0: And he hits it pretty well. Yeah. (laughs) He's passed me a few times with it, so yeah, it's a good shot. But the uh, two-hander is what I tend to go back to.
1: Nice. Yeah. I would say for anyone out there listening that's looking to improve their strokes, Troy is someone that can go and watch a professional player and literally copy their strokes perfectly. So he's a good person to also watch and emulate his technique. So good question. Keep it coming. Yeah, that comes from uh,
2: <laughs> That's like my childhood days of like watching quarterbacks or pitchers on TV. My dad was a coach, so he'd have me doing that with with other sports. That's it, awesome. It kind of translated to tennis. Big big technique guy, my dad was for coaching. So. Nice.
1: Okay. At Crocodile asked us on talk tennis, he wanted a general update of the concepts and technologies that we're starting to see as trends in the racket industry.
0: Oh, that's a good question. Right? Yeah. I definitely see this year and a half. Mm-hmm. There's definitely been an emphasis on improving the feel. And mm-hmm. rackets, I think we've seen that from pretty much every brand as focused on feel as a concept rather than just a technology or power or spin. You know, spin was such a huge story for a while. You know, everything seems to be about feel right now. So I'd say a lot of people are chasing that interaction between the player and the ball and really trying to fine-tune the feedback the player gets, whether it's by improving dampening and a stiffer, more powerful racket, or giving uh, a really flexible racket, which we're going to talk about some of those pretty soon yeah. here. You know, some uh, more crispness and more feel and feedback that way. So I think it's going both ways.
2: Yeah, I'd agree with that. The feels feels a big thing. Just for example, a couple of brands like Wilson mm-hmm. with their update, yeah. the, the Feel Flex technology. Right. Coming from Countervail, the big improvement head as well with going to the Graphene plus. 360 or 360. Plus. And then now, what we're getting into with some Phantom yeah. Rackets, yeah, going from maybe a little too flexy and now starting to rein in some of that more crisper feel that we really like. So,
0: And the new E Zones just dropped. They have a new mm-hmm. f- feel technology in the handle. Yeah. The mesh that's in the handle, it's in there to improve the feel of the racket. And so I think it's something that's on everyone's radar. You heard Bob Law talking about it with their pure feel with the pure strikes. Right. So I think everyone is realizing that you can give the player power and spin. They got to have some feel. They got to feel confident. to Stay on the gas even when you know it's three all, thirty and you're in the deciding set. That's when you really need to have the confidence in the racket and feel. I think is what gets you there.
1: Good answer. Another question we got from Shroud on Talk Tennis. Chris is going to be a good person to answer this one. What effect does grip size have on spin generation? And then he asked if Crawford has looked into that.
0: So I've actually trended down in grip size mm-hmm. quite dramatically over the last few years. And I'm finding a smaller grip helps me personally yeah. get more spin. And I do put a bit of risk, especially on the forehand. And I think if you get spin from adding wrist to your shots, mm-hmm. definitely the smaller grip can help you get a bit wristier on the ball and generate spin that way. And I I definitely roll my wrist on my forehand. So, uh, you know, from sort of a a very much a low to high motion, not snapping through necessarily, but definitely low to high. and, uh, And I think the smaller grip just gives me easier access to do that.
2: Yeah, I'd agree for sure. There was a point where I was using quarter grip size, kind of going down with that trend, kind of hearing about, you know, grip sizes like what Rafa uses or yeah. whatnot. And definitely notice on forehands, especially shots on the run, you're really off balance, you just get that easier flick. Uh, Two handed backhand, I can get the opposite hand, the top hand over just easier. I mean, I've actually kind of gone back to a three eighths or sometimes even a half a bigger grip size mm-hmm. just because I try to take a little bit of loop out of my stroke and get a little more flatter drive. So I find that the bigger grip sizes. Is- That feels more stable and works better maybe for a flatter hitter yeah
1: Yeah. i would agree with that (laughs) i would
0: definitely caution though if you have a history of arm issues make sure you're in the correct grip size for health and then focus on getting spin later (laughs) but you know first of all you want to be out there enjoying your tennis and being healthy and playing and having fun um, and then see what you can do from there but if you've had arm issues one of the dangers i've always said using a smaller grip is you know there's more chance of shock traveling up the arm for
1: sure answer. Okay, keep those questions coming. Email us at podcast at tennis-warehouse.com or find us on Talk Tennis. There's a podcast section and you can ask us anything right there. Now let's get into some Prince Phantoms. we just released a bunch of new Phantom rackets for 2020 and we play tested almost every single one of them and I am here with Chris and Troy to dive deeper beyond the play test into the specs into the playability into who these rackets are going to be good for so we're just gonna kick things off right away with the Prince Phantom 97p now we're going to run through the specs and just kind of go from there and just talk about it the 97p is a new racket in this line so something new for us i'll just give you guys the strung specs 97 square inches 27 inches long 11.8 ounces strung so that's 335 grams for all those people that don't like our american (laughs) ways of measuring things the swing weight comes in at 320 stiffness of 58 beam width is 20 and a half millimeters 19.5, 16.5 19.5, 16.5 millimeters. What's the correct way to say that?
0: It's a tapered beam. So it's a constant taper. <laughs> okay, Which constant is uh, taper. CTS <laughs> the CTS techn- technology.
1: Yeah. It's...
0: Eight points headlight balance.
1: Yeah, and also the 16 by 18 string pattern would be important to note.
0: This is a racket that I had wanted. Does Prince need a 97 in the Phantom lineup? You've got the 93s, you've got the 100s. And then I hit it, and I was like... Yes, this racket absolutely needs to exist. It's a really nice player's racket, and I think it does bring something unique to the Phantom line. And it's also, a you know, that people have really transitioned, I think, away from the 95s and below. Mm-hmm. And so I think it's a good way for the advanced level player to still get that really classic, smaller head size response in something that's a bit more forgiving and really well-suited to the modern game if you're looking to attack the ball with a lot of spin.
2: Yeah, it's a great frame. I wasn't on that particular review, but hit it quite a few times. And the first time I picked it up, first time I swung it and just made contact, it felt sweet, you know, just like the 93 and the 100p. It's got that box beam, nice flex. Just a really nice filling racket, and that's the one thing kind of Chris was touching on is I don't know if I'd necessarily want to go to a 93 a, a midsize like the 93P, even mm-hmm. though it is pretty forgiving for its yeah. head size. And then when I tried the previous generation of the 100P, I just wasn't quite feeling as dialed in or precise with that racket. So the 97 suits my game really well, as I used a Yonex 97 for quite some time. So it's, that one's a pretty easy transition for me. I really like that frame and that addition to the line.
1: Now I was on that playtest, and I do use the RF-97, so it's easy for me to compare right away. And I think my biggest critique, and I know a lot of you guys out there were asking, I said that the sweet spot felt small. And to me, it just felt unforgiving, and I don't always gel well with more flexible, thinner beams. And I think for me, that comment might have translated from that. Whereas the RF 97 is a very stable, thicker beam, so I feel like I'm getting more control out of the ball. I don't know.
0: <laughs> well, I think going back even before that, you used the Pure Drive, and then the Pure yeah. Drive Tour. Yeah. So you're used more to more mass. Yeah, you're used to that weight with backed yeah. up by a very crisp, stiffer beam response, and the Phantoms are very different to that. They're, I mean, I think they're really forgiving because they're so flexy and comfortable, and you get an off-center shot. And it's not jarring, you know, right. I like that plush of response, even though you're going to get a drop off in power outside the week's spot no matter what racket you hit. And right. so I kind of tend to prefer rackets that are a bit more forgiving in feel as opposed to still being super lively off center. And, you know, I think I definitely get that out of 97p. And it's, I think, a very precise feeling racket because of it, too. I feel like I know exactly where the ball is going to go the second it leaves the string. And if I have off-center, it's probably because I'm a little bit late. Mm -hmm. And so I don't want the ball traveling too far anyway because it's going to go wide or long. So it helps me, I think, still find... My targets keep the ball in the pin court and and just be confident.
2: Yeah, I was going to say what Michelle's experiencing going from her racket to the 97P. Yeah, You're talking about almost 10 stiffness points lower. Yeah. And compared to like what you spec your racket at, almost 20 swing weight points (laughs) different. So I think that's a huge difference. Even though they're both 97s and they both have open patterns, it is a thinner beam, a lot more flexy. But I could agree with you on the fact that like I I probably would add a little weight at 3 and Mm 9 on the 97P just to give it a little more torsional stability, a little more plow, because I like my swing weight about 3.30, so about halfway in between what that is and what your rackets are. Yeah,
0: exactly. And I would play it stock, so there you go. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Use the demo program.
1: (laughs) Exactly. So just because I said the sweet spot felt (laughs) small doesn't mean that you're going to feel that way. But if you are coming from something like an RF97, then be aware of that. Someone had asked why there wasn't an 1820 model of this racket. I don't know if you guys have any insight to that or if you feel like it wouldn't really fit into the line since we already have a Couple eighteen twenties.
0: I'm in love with the 100x eighteen twenty, and so for me that feels the need for the denser string bed feel and a really really plush, comfortable feeling racket. And I haven't hit it yet. I mean, if you know, proof is in the pudding. So if I hit a 97p with an eighteen twenty, you know, it could be the best thing since sliced bread dinner yet.
1: (laughs) So, yeah, not on the lineup, but you never know.
2: Yeah, and if I had my pick, it's a 1618. <laughs> I might have, like, if it was my perfect ideal, make my own racket, I might have selected like a 1620 on that frame just mm-hmm. for a little more control. Don't know if I'd want to go full 1820 on it because they have the 100X 1820, but yeah.
1: From there, someone asked us to compare the 97P to the 100P. So, let's check out the 100P specs. So, Phantom 100P. This is the second generation of that racket. 100 square inches, standard length. Strong weight is 11.5 ounces, which is about 326 grams. Six points headlight, 328 swing weight. So that's nice. That's beefy. Stiffness of 59. Beam width goes from 20.5 millimeters to 19.5 to 16.5 and the string pattern is a 16 by 18 on this one as well. Chris, were you able to hit the 97p and 100p side-by-side, side and anything that stands out that's different between these two?
0: Yeah, I think the 97p, we're really splitting hairs once mm-hmm. we get into because these are all such control-oriented players' rackets with great feel. But the 97p, I think, is the more precision racket of the two. It's got a really nice player's spec. I love the way it comes through the ball. I think it cuts through the air super nicely. The 100p, I feel like I have more confidence in regards to spin window with it. Okay. So when I'm flicking angles, I feel like I can get away a little bit more with that racket. It's a bit more forgiving for me. They're pretty close. Again, great feel from both, great control. I mean, it's definitely, if I'm shopping that kind of racket, I'm demoing both of those and then deciding on the feel and response I want to get out of the racket is probably going to be the deciding factor because what I'm actually developing with the racket in regards to pace and spin, depth. Consistency, things like that, are probably going to be pretty close with those two rackets, but it's going to come down to more how they feel in my hand and you know how I feel when I'm really stepping on the gas and narrowing my target and which one I'm going to be more confident with.
1: Makes sense.
2: One thing that Chris mentioned was the precision of the 97. Yeah. I've used more 97, 98s. So I've right. never actually switched to a 100-square-inch frame, and that's one thing that really just stands out for me is... Probably the, the deciding factor for me would be to go with the 97P. It's got that more precise feel. I mm-hmm. feel like I can put the ball a little bit more towards the corner of the lines, whereas with the 100P, I just don't feel as dialed in. Right. And then also swinging, um, the 100P is a little bit lighter, but it swings more clubby with mm-hmm. that slightly higher swing weight. Yeah. The 97P is a little more or that whippy feel that we tend to talk about but yeah i would probably switch the swing weight between the two i wish it was a little bit higher on the 97p yeah, but i like the precision a little better
0: you just got to throw a grip on that 100p and
1: <laughs>
0: make it nice and headline it really yeah. comes around nicely that's my answer to everything
1: yeah <laughs> This actually is a good opportunity to maybe discuss the letter P. I know we've gotten confused about it, so I'm sure some of our listeners have been confused about it. And we actually reached out to Prince to figure out what the meaning behind the letter P is, if there was anything special. And... Long story short, they started using P as a way to distinguish the pro versions of their rackets. And then their lines continued to evolve, and P just continued to stick around.
0: Yeah, so now if it's on the classic boxier shaped beam designs right. of the rackets, it's a P. And then you'll see on the X rackets, it's the rounder, more arrow, sort of modern, what we call a more modern beam design.
1: Which leads us to the next racket we're going to talk about, which I think is Chris's favorite, the Phantom 100X by 20
0: Yeah, that was <laughs> my pick of the litter. From the first hit with that racket, I hit a pre-production prototype version of it. Uh, well, final spec, but not yet. Cosmetized and... Um, Love the racket, just so connected to the ball with it. I think it's got surprising amount of access to pace and depth for an 1820. It's super easy to rally with and stay in the point. You don't mm-hmm. have to work too hard with it. But yet yeah, you've got that dense string pattern. So I felt very connected to my shots, could really judge the depth of them well. For me, a big thing about strings and rackets is do I have that confidence when I'm moving inside the court and looking to close off the point quickly, get to net. And that racket is where it really shone for me. Is When I stepped inside the baseline, Mm -hmm. I felt like I could really attack well with it. And yet it still had enough bailout of trouble power for me when I was pushed deep. So, yeah, not much for me to knock on that one because I just fell in love with it. It's a great racket. Yeah,
2: I'd I'd have to agree with Chris. It's probably tied up there for my favorite of the line between the uh, 1820 and the 97P. Mm -hmm. But, yeah, it's a great 100 square inch 18 by 20 racket. Compared to the previous version that it replaces, the Phantom Pro 11820, mm-hmm. they thickened the beam up slightly okay. and made it a little bit stiffer. And I know some people were like, well, why would they stiffen up the frame? Yeah, It's still a sub-60 strung RA, so it's still a really soft, comfortable racket. But I can tell that it's got a little bit more pop, a little crisper feel. And it's just a really good evolution of the 100, 18, 20. We have reviewed some going back to like the EXO3 versions, which we kind of like used to say they were the Baseliners Dream Racket just because they're so Mm user-friendly, such a big sweet spot. I think this is a great update.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think for me that thicker beam just made it an easier racket to rally with. You know, you can stay in the point without having to work as hard. You can get that little bit of extra pace on the ball. And I didn't feel like I lost any of the control and precision of the outgoing models. So. For me, the increase in beam stiffness was spot on, and I think the racket plays better for it.
1: And just to give you guys a quick rundown of the specs so you don't have to rush to your computer and open up the website, it's 11.8 ounces strung, 324 swing weight, 9 points headlight, 59 RA. The beam width is 22 millimeters, 20.5, and 18 millimeters. And then the string pattern is obviously an 18 by 20, so... That's what we're working with. I think we all liked it. I know there were a few people out there that asked about extended length rackets and if they're coming. If I were to pick one to extend, this would be it. I enjoyed this racket more than I thought I would as well. So I think we all really enjoyed it and definitely one to demo and give a go.
0: I mean, I think one thing to understand on the plus length racket front is they don't sell in the quantity of standard length right. rackets. Um, there's, it's, it's a, a reason niche. Yeah, it's a reason not to buy or not even to demo for yeah. a lot of people out there. And so I think it's it's tough for manufacturers to decide which models they're going to release in a plus length racket and if so, you know which markets is going to do well in and and stuff like that. So it's more of a I think an industry kind of consideration more than a playability consideration mm-hmm. it goes into you know some of the choices of why rackets exist and why they don't make it out of the prototype phase but um, yeah I definitely think there's room for a plus length racket in the Phantom lineup where it would come you know yeah maybe Prince will send us some hitters and yeah yeah we'll- <laughs> We'll help them make a choice. That would
1: yeah. be cool. Yeah, because
0: once you start using
2: the extended length racket, and you find one that you mesh with. It's, yeah, it's hard to go back. Yeah. They're, they're fun. You get the easy power.
0: You know, it's
1: easy power. Then even just that half inch of extra reach. I mean... yeah,
0: I love it on the two hander. Yeah, backhand slice too, which is kind of a staple wow. of my diet. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I find I can just flick the ball, I can guide the ball, I can use that leverage to just kind of knife it, give it a little bit extra dirtiness, as we like to say. <laughs> yeah. um, and then also just staying in the point, you know, staying in the point, is being consistent from the baseline, you definitely, you get a little help from the plus length rackets. And then other times you hit them and they just feel like they take forever to come around. So yeah. <laughs> depends yeah. on the model. Mm-hmm.
1: Now I wanted to talk about, there's a couple other 100X models. We're going to jump to the 290, which is the lightest version, slightly different string pattern. So it's got the 16 by 18 string pattern. It comes in at 10.8 ounces strung, four points headlight, 319 swing weight, stiffness is 58, beam width 22, 20.5, 18 and someone out there was asking actually if any of us had hit with that one. He was really interested in the Phantoms and said that he wanted to know how it compared to the 305 and also was curious how it would compare to the 100T Tour because that's the racket that he's using so any insight?
2: Oh, the Tour 100T? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've hit it just, uh, I think, maybe one or two times. But I think it's a good addition to the line. Mm-hmm. You know, it kind of fits that void in the line where, like... You might compete with other brands like the Pro Staff 97L type of racket, that type of thing. But for being such a lightweight racket, the swing weight right about 320, it still plays pretty solid. Mm -hmm. If anything, I I could see the difference being between that and the 305 is just maybe they took some weight out of the the handle side of the racket, Mm -hmm. but it didn't really seem to affect the stability and whatnot. So I think it's a good addition for that younger player, maybe the junior transitioning into an adult frame that wants a low-powered soft racket big sweet spot or someone that just likes to do heavy customization and they can really use that as kind of what we call a platform. But I think it's a good stick.
0: I think it's a great racket too for someone, you know, that maybe wants a ton of feel and control, but Mm -hmm. spin is a big part of their game. And so they want something that's light and whippy and they can keep cranking it around at an aggressive angle, deep into a third set without their arm getting tired. Yeah. And then as Troy mentioned, you know, it's still got the swing weight, it's only I think four points headlight, so uh, it's a bit closer to even balance and you're going to get a lot out of a lot of the phantoms. and so it still does have some stability when you're at net and uh, I say r- or return a serve anytime when there's a lot of incoming pace you're having to deal with. it holds up well. And I was surprised at how well it played for being a lighter racket with a very flexible RA. You know, that is when you worry about them becoming a bit of a wet noodle and just kind of collapsing at contact. But this racket doesn't. It comes through the ball super nicely. And again, as Troy mentioned, what a great racket to use as a platform racket for Mm -hmm. customization because you can flavor it to taste quite easily. There's plenty of room for you to do it.
1: Yeah. And then we've got the slightly heavier one of the 305 version, the 100X 305 that comes in 11.4 ounces strong, 321 swing weight, six points headlight, RA of 58, same beam width, 16 by 18 string pattern. And that one was reviewed. We kind of did a national review on that one. So we got some of our players from Tennis Warehouse, California, and some of our players from Georgia reviewing that one. And I think they all liked it.
2: Yeah. So, <laughs> sounds like both of our... Georgia play testers yeah. have made that their new racket of choice. It, was it wasn't surprising Kristen
1: because
2: yeah. she was already using the previous right. model. And like the 100X 1820, they thickened up the beam slightly, mm-hmm. increased the stiffness a few points. And that was one thing that really stood out to me. I didn't hit it a ton of times. I wasn't on that review. Right. But as soon as I heard Eric's comments in the review, it basically like he did a pretty good job of bridging the gap from the old Phantom Pro 100. Mm-hmm. To his Techstream tour One Hundred Three Ten, definitely not as thick as that racket but they thicken up the beam just slightly a little crisper and it just gives it a lot of feel and yeah. that string pattern is just super spin friendly so it's a really good racket
0: yeah definitely made it an easier transition for him giving it a bit more stiffness really nice playing racket again i think the increase in stiffness in the racket was spot on comes through the ball nicely good pop easy racket to rally with easier racket to rally with than the outgoing model and yet you don't give up any of that control and feel that i love from the previous version it's still a very very soft plush feeling racket and so yeah really nice players racket for me and again i think still got plenty of room if you want to you know tweak it add some tail weight or even go ten and two 3 and 9 whatever
1: Nice. So we've got one more 100X to talk about, and it's the O3 version of the 100X. Now, O3 technology can be a bit polarizing. I think you either love it or you hate it. And I know we had some play testers on that racket who have used O3 technology in the past and do enjoy it. So just a quick rundown of the specs. It does have those O ports and O3 technology, it comes in at 11.5 ounces strung, 7 points headlight, 325 swing weight, stiffness rating of 60. The beam goes from 20.5 to 19.5 to 16.5 and the 16 by 18 string pattern. So did you guys have a chance to hit with that one at all?
0: Yeah, I did. It's very comfortable feeling racket, super plush. And I think the ports really add that mm-hmm. to the Phantom line. They make a soft, plush feeling racket even more so. <laughs> and just, again, really forgiving. You get outside of the sweet spot, it still feels really soft and plush and comfortable. And I think it's a great option for players that really want that soft feel. If you've had arm issues, you know, you can play a firmer playing string in it. And it's still just you can't make that racket not feel soft and plush <laughs> and comfortable. It's, it is very smooth, smooth ride out there. Yeah, Chris said super plush. The first thing that came to my,
2: <laughs> first thing that came to my mind was Uber plush. Um, yeah. But that's how that racket's always been. Plays very similar to the previous Phantom One Hundred, mm-hmm. even though we didn't call it O Three. It had the O Three ports. You know, it's a little crisper feel, but still Uber plush. In um, <laughs> that racket, I've always loved it. I mean, I don't feel necessarily super dialed in and precise as I would with like a ninety seven P or yeah. obviously a ninety three P. But it's just such a fun racket to play with. Like, if I was a hitting partner for a, a high level player or teaching, yeah. that would probably be a racket I would use. I could hit with Absorce, it all day power. and probably not feel anything on my arm, yeah. even with a really stiff poly in it. But yeah, fans of that racket line, I mean, that racket carries a long history going back to the original 03 Tour 100 or the mid plus version to the Ozone to the EXO. That 100 square inch thin beam racket with the porch is just something that's really unique and it's just a really addicting feel hitting with it because it's just so comfortable.
1: Okay, we're done with the X's and we're back to the P's. Let's jump into the 93 P's. So there's two of them. There's the 14 by 18 and the 18 by 20. We can start off with that open string pattern, 14 by 18. So this racket comes in at 93 square inches. Standard length, 12.1 ounces strong, 7 points headlight. The swing weight's at 329, stiffness rating of 62. The beam is 20.5 to 19.5 to 16.5. We are talking now, again, about that more traditional box beam. And the string pattern is nice and open at 14, 18.
0: 14 main racket is on the 93 piece. Such a fun racket to hit. You can really loop the ball with it. You can drive the ball. Your flat shots just fly for a mid with lots of pace. So it's a really fun racket to just hit with and be creative with. I know playing doubles with it too, you can get so much dirty spin on little angle volleys and drop volleys. And uh, the same on returns, you can really kind of carve around the ball. So it's a super fun racket. It's got the leather grip, so you get that Mm. really nice feedback through the hand. I mean, as tennis players, we feel everything through our hands. So that's why I really like the leather. Just feel closer to the racket, feel closer to the contact with that in my hand and i thought it was a really good update again i thought it was more forgiving up towards the tip i noticed that on my serves and then also when i was pushed deep in the baseline i just felt like the racket helped me out a bit more than the previous model but apart from that, I thought it just it played very similar. But in terms of spin and just having fun with the racket, it's it's a blaster hit. Yeah. The first two words I thought of when or when you say that racket fourteen eighteen, mm-hmm. I just think launch angle. Yeah. Yeah. Like if someone doesn't know what launch
2: angle we're referring to, hit that racket versus the eighteen twenty version or yeah. any other tight patterned racket, and you'll see what we mean. And it's just such an easy lift. Uh, first yeah. time I noticed uh, hitting from the baseline. Any ball that's low at your feet, you just flick the racket, you know, catch it on the strings and the ball's easy lift. And then it comes dipping down on the other side because of that open pattern. But yeah, like Chris said, seamless transition from the last one. If anything, that uh, Toron added to the tech stream just gives you a little bit more pop, a little crisper feel. But it's just a great racket that you can play with in stock form. Throw a overgrip on top of the leather and your GTG. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> now, who would you guys recommend this racket to? Let's say someone's listening and they've never played with a 93-square-inch racket and maybe they want to give it a demo. What players you think would be best suited for this racket?
0: I think it's an interesting racket because it appeals to the classic player. I mean, if you're looking mm-hmm. at a, a mid-size, you're really looking for that classic response, but yet this one has a really open string pattern in it, so you can play a modern ball with it. You can hit a lot of spin and really the ball loops off the string bed. You get that high launch angle that Troy mentioned, and then it bites in, it kicks off the court nicely. And so you can really have fun with your shots. And it also has, because of it's such an open string pattern, I think it opens up the sweet spot beautifully on Mm -hmm. that racket. And so it's a very forgiving racket, too. So if you maybe used a 95 in the past Mm -hmm. um, and you want to give a 93 a try, this is probably one of the easier ones, especially if you like heavier rackets. Well, I think one of the easier ones to transition into.
2: Yeah, someone that really craves precision, but also can be very crafty. Mm -hmm. I think just the spin potential, the ability to hit those angles, touch, you know, you can really just kind of open up the court and be a very creative player with it and someone that, you know, doesn't mind the mid head size, you know? Yeah. It's a good feel.
1: Yeah, I know our former playtester, Sean, was using this racket, and it suited his game quite well. He had fun with it, I think. So from there, let's talk about the last one in the lineup, the 93 p 18 by 20 This is the racket I never thought I would like, but it is... 12.2 12.2 ounces strung, nine points headlight, 329 swing weight. The stiffness is at 60. Beam width goes from 20.5 to 19.5 to 16.5. And we've got that tighter 18 by 20 string pattern. Now, kind of similar to what you guys have been saying about the 1418, felt like a seamless transition for me from the previous version. And for a 93 square inch racket, I feel like it feels much bigger and I don't know. I really enjoy hitting with this one. I don't know if it just makes me feel like I know how to play tennis well because it forces you to. But No,
2: the, yeah, the first thing I think of with this racket is pure feel. Yeah. There's not a ton of, of midsize rackets on the market anymore. And I think this one, even when there was more options for mid sizes, I still think this stacks up feel-wise and mm-hmm. connection to the ball it doesn't really get any better. It's just, it's an amazing filling racket. Yeah. And the surprising thing about it and that people that have tried like the previous version notice, it does play like a bigger racket. To yeah. me, it, it's got that sweet spot and that sort of spin window that you would get from most 95s, 1820s, or right. maybe even other brands, sometimes 97s. So it's just, a it's a user-friendly 93, but at the same time, you don't lose any connection to the ball, and it's just very, very precise. A yeah. uh, lower launch angle than yeah. the 14-18 for sure, but this is for the player that really likes to drive through the court flat, yeah. and I think, Michelle, That's that kind right of why like it. It, it really helps. And it, <laughs> yeah. It's a good racket just to hit with too sometimes just to warm up because it kind of helps groove your strokes and yeah. really get you hitting through the court.
0: I think for me too, it's one of those rackets. I could drop it into the bucket of racket history at any point and it goes toe-to-toe with the best mid-size 1820 racket mm-hmm. out there. And there's not many rackets you can say that about. Um, you know, So when this was the go-to choice for players' rackets, you, you could drop this into sort of like the late 80s, early 90s, super plush playing mid-size graphite 1820 rackets, and this racket would feel right at home there. And yet it still doesn't feel out of place today in the modern game, which is which is a really cool thing. And I think it is a fairly forgiving racket for its head size, but it is all about control and feel. Yeah. And if you just want that super smooth ride, silky feel, ton of control from the 1820 and a midsize, it's really tough to beat this racket. It's a great playing racket.
1: Yeah, I think that's one of the things with rackets like this. It makes me be a better player. I was trying to explain this to someone the other day. I can hit with a pure drive and get away with a lot. but slap. this, Yeah, I can slap a lot. <laughs> but this racket makes me extend out and step up when I'm supposed to step up and find my target. So rackets like this, I just feel like those are the ones that I'm meant to be playing with. But sometimes I don't because it's harder, yeah. but it's worth it. It's, it was such a fun play test yeah anything else on this one I think
0: for me it's one of those rackets where you just kind of get out of its way you start your swing you let the racket come through it does its thing for you you know and once you get the mass moving you get the feel at contact you can really just kind of let that racket run its course and I just try and be smooth and not try and flick the ball as much with it you know Mm -hmm. it's a, a racket I find a cleaner just a more linear swing works better for me on this one
1: yeah and maybe we could get into some string setups too, because this is a racket where I could see us doing some hybrids or stringing with the multis or something different. I mean, I know I always get stuck with the stiff dead polys, but this is the opportunity to maybe like try a natural gut hybrid.
0: Yeah, for sure. I could even go full better multi in this okay. one. Especially if I use something low powered like technofiber multi-feel, something mm-hmm. like that. I like that that string slides well on itself too, so you get some snap back out of it, which is, you know, nice spin for a multi. That's definitely one I could put in there. And again, I could probably go with a hybrid. I'm not a huge fan of the gut poly hybrids. We always do Troy and I quite often will do a comparison between a uh, gut poly and then a full bed of poly. Mm-hmm. And I always just prefer the full bed of poly. <laughs> but this is a racket where I could I could maybe go with a super high tension gut. High tension for me probably is like fifty five pounds. <laughs> uh, and then or I or a multi or I I could probably flirt with a with a hybrid, but yeah. I'm probably gonna stick really mid to low 40s okay. with a poly in this one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you know, uh, one of the first times I hit it, it was strung with,
2: I think it was Prince Premier Control, mm-hmm. a multi, But I, mean, I think it was like in the upper 50s and it actually played pretty well. It didn't feel as good to me. My favorite string setup so far that I've tried in it is Mm -hmm. the Hyper-G in the 1.20. I think Mm -hmm. it's your 17 gauge at like 46 pounds, really loose. But the thin gauge shape poly is my favorite because it brings out that kind of modern aspect of that 1820 string bed. Yeah. Gives me a little bit more grip on the ball. Yeah. Um, I haven't tried a hybrid in it yet, but I am a big fan of of gut hybrids. Uh, Me and Chris, (laughs) you know, we battle on that one. But, yeah, I'd probably go with, a um, like, a 17-gauge gut in the mains with, like, a nice, slick Co-Poly, like, a Alu Power or mm-hmm. a, a Prince Tor-XP, something like that in the crosses. And I'm sure that would probably play really nice. But my favorite so far was the thin-gauge poly. Okay. Shaped, Yeah.
1: Cool. Let's round this out. I've got a few more questions about these rackets. One of the questions, and I think Troy would be the best to answer this one, was about the grommets. Are they the same as the previous version?
2: With both of the 93s, the 93Ps, mm-hmm. I'm not 100% certain yet.
1: We can find out. <laughs> I need to get a check <laughs> with my print
2: reps. but I'm pretty sure those are going to be interchangeable. The ones that I would assume would be a little different would be the ones where the beam got a little thicker the 100X305 and the 1820, but still I'm not 100% certain on that. So I'll have to get more information on that, but we'll get that information for you soon. Yeah.
1: (laughs) There was lots of questions about twist weight. Now I know we have some talk tennis people out there that really get into twist weight and we don't necessarily post that spec on our racket pages, but I was curious if either of you guys had any insight on how the rackets played and could speak to that.
0: No, I think with the increase in beam thickness definitely gave the rackets a more stable feel in the hand. They're less likely to feel like they're going to get pushed around off-centre. And I think, you know, the new layup with the Toron, and, uh, you know, we've seen some bump up in RAs with the thicker beams too. It's all kind of lent to a more forgiving playing racket. And I think part of that forgiving feel is also that it's not moving around on you as much. You feel like the racket is playing more solidly as it comes through the ball. So I think it's subtle updates, but really nice additions to the playability of the racket just being, you know, tweaked and improved slightly. Mm. Yeah, I agree with Chris on everything you just said there, yeah, for sure.
1: A couple other questions. We had already touched on this a little bit, but someone was asking, any chance of long bodies and any chance that we will see the crossbar?
0: Well, you can still buy the Prince original graphite, the oversized version. We had inquired about getting the mid back, but I think there's an issue with the mold on that one. But yeah, stay tuned on that. Prince says a big anniversary this year, so uh, I'm sure they've got some stuff planned that's part of their heritage. So mm-hmm. I, you know, I'm anxious to see what they've got coming out.
1: Nice. Yeah,
2: I'd love to see an extended length as I know you would, Michelle. (laughs) Um, Yeah, so, you know, the 1820 version, the 100X, that would be nice. We even hit a a sample one time that I think was a quarter inch longer Mm -hmm. um, in the uh, like 100P model, I think it was. And that was pretty sweet, kind of reminded me of like some of the old uh, Diablo mid-pluses that were like a little quarter inch longer, but
0: we'll see. Oh, and one more thing, you can get both on our vintage racket page right now because yeah, we have some we have some Changlong <laughs> bodies on there. So you can get oversized with a crossbar and a longer length. Boom.
1: Boom. <laughs> I hope you all are listening. <laughs> that leads into a question that we got. How much influence does Tennis Warehouse have on what Prince racket releases look like, including specs and addressing issues, et cetera?
0: So we hit prototype rackets from plenty of brands, Prince included, mm-hmm. and, uh, and we'll give you know all the brands feedback on how we feel like the racket is stacking up compared to maybe a previous version if that exists, or how it would stack up if it came to market today. So that's kind of feedback we can give because we're constantly hitting everything that's in the market. And then we can kind of give them an idea of how it stack up, you know, market at present. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, we do do that with prints, and then they get feedback from, I'm sure, other, you know, internal play testing and other sources of external play testing. I know all of the bracket brands these days seem to be working with academies or big junior programs to help them get feedback as well. So there's lots of feedback coming yeah. from different types and styles of players, also in different markets. Because in Europe, the, in certain countries, they might be favoring super light rackets for spin generation. Um, I know that's in Southern Europe, a big thing. And then here, I think we have more of a taste for some of the beefier players' star rackets, especially at Tennis Warehouse. <laughs>
1: yeah. <laughs> yeah. Great answer. Well, that's all the questions that we have today. And hopefully that helps you guys understand this line of rackets a little bit further. We'd love to hear your feedback. And if you'd like to continue the conversation or if you have any further questions for any of the playtesters, feel free to reach out to us. You can email us at podcast at tennis-warehouse.com and keep asking us questions let us know what other rackets you would like us to do a deep dive into we're hoping to do these kinds of episodes fairly consistently over the next year so anything else from you guys thanks for having us thanks for being here happy hitting <laughs> Sweet. Thanks for tuning into this week's episode. Hopefully you guys enjoyed that deep dive into the Prince Phantom line of rackets. We would love to hear what rackets or shoes or apparel or gear you would like to hear us dive deeper into. We have a bunch of new rackets launching for 2020. So let us know which ones you really want us to go in depth with, and we will do our best to help you out and let you know what you can expect from those rackets. Now, please subscribe, rate and review and let your friends know about Talk Tennis if you are enjoying this podcast. Also, if you have any questions for us, feel free to reach out at podcast at tennis-warehouse.com or you can leave us a voicemail at 805-270-3336. Happy hitting. I was not on this review because I don't like open trick patterns <laughs> yeah. that much. So I'll let you guys chat about this one. That's all I got. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs>